in the book of uh, Exodus, chapter 4. Exodus, Exodus chapter 4 um, is a conversation between Moses and God. In the previous chapter, the encounter with the burning bush, which I'm not going to dwell on, and then God's instruction to Moses that I'm sending you to go and deliver my people from Egypt, from the hands of the Pharaoh. And Moses has a few issues. He has a question as to whom do I tell them you are? And the Lord tells him, go and tell them I am whom I am. Then after that, he has a problem. He also asks, and then uh, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? That's where we are. Chapter 4, that's what it says. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or answer to me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? He's now telling God, yes, you have sent me. Yes, you have told me to tell them you are who you are. And you are the God of their father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whom they are able to identify with. But still, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? That's what every messenger would fear. And I think... Moses, and many times we blame him, but I do not think that we should blame him, even myself. If God appears to me at, to, today or this morning, the way he appeared to Moses. Now, not through scriptures. You know, for us, God speaks to us through scriptures. He has made it very easy for us. We read it and we know that's God speaking to me. But there are those who spoke, he spoke to face to face. And it's a terrific thing. He's never done that to me, and I pray that he doesn't do it. He continued to speak to me the way he speaks to me. Yeah? But you can imagine Moses, God has appeared to him, has spoken to him, the Bible records, that he never looked directly, lest he may see God and die. So it's a fearful thing to see him face to face. I believe it is equally fearful also to hear his voice, the audible voice. Sometimes he does it. He speaks. There are people who have experienced that audible voice. You did not die. That's a confirmation that we, can, we will not die. Yeah? But Moses is telling the Lord, Now, I am going to tell them that you have spoken to me. And he is visualizing the Israelites, the elders that he is supposed to speak to. Actually putting him down and telling, hey guy, 40 years ago, you took off from us. You left us. Now you appear to us. We don't know where you have been. And you have come to tell us that our father, our God has spoken to you. You, a coward who ran away. We can't believe you. 
So Moses knew that this is likely to happen. And genuinely asked the Lord, what if they don't believe me? But God did not judge Moses. He did not rebuke him. No. His fears, God knew they were genuine and were from the heart. But this is what he tells him. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? What is that that is in your hand? And if you want to give my message a title, you can just give it that. What is that that is in your hand? What is in your hand? So God is asking Moses, I agree with you. They are likely to question you. They are likely to challenge you. And he expected an answer from God, but God is asking him, now, what do you have? What is that in your hand? Because I want to use what you have so that I can communicate to you. It's not what I have, it's what you have. I want to use what you have. The word of God tells us, then the Lord said, and, and Moses replied, what? A, a staff. Yeah? That, that's what is in my hand. What is in your hand this morning? Some of you will tell me a phone. It's okay. God can still use that phone to speak to you. Others will tell me, I'm holding a pen. Fine. That is what is in your hand. But it goes beyond. You may not be holding anything physically, but what is it that is in your hand? And Moses says, a staff. Look at that staff. Then the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Was his staff, but now it has become a snake and he runs away from it because it is no longer a staff, it has become something else when he puts it down. It was in his hand, and now what he was familiar with is no longer familiar with it, it's become something else. He runs away from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and he turned back into a staff in his hand. What is God doing? He's not praying magic. No. He's God, the creator. He has the power to create. He just wants to prove to Moses that I will use you and I will use what you have. I will use you the way you are. But I'm the one setting you. I'm the one who is going to use you. I will work through you. This is what I want you to capture. It's not the staff. Because the staff is just a staff. But when God speaks and tells you, says throw it down. There's a creativity or there are those 
who wanted to kill you are dead. Let me not go to the story, you know. That all the, you know, remember he left Egypt because he was being sought by the father to be killed because he had killed an Egyptian. But God is there. Now you can go back. Every, all those that sought to kill you, they are dead. So you are safe. But that's not the point. Verse 20 says, So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt, and he took the staff. Please note. You see something in there? He took what? The staff of God in his hand. Praise the Lord. This is interesting. The staff has now shifted from the staff of Moses to be the staff of God. Very interesting. The staff of Moses. When God appeared and asked him, what is in your hand? And he said, a staff. God picked it. Translated it from being a staff of, the, of Moses and now becomes a staff of God. The power of God became the staff of God. Or rather, the staff by the power of God became the staff of God. And this is the staff that if you read through going forward, that was used by Moses when God told him, when you appear before the Pharaoh, that staff lift it up towards River Nile and the water will turn blood. Remember we said it has moved from the staff of Moses. It is now the staff of God. It is not just a rod. It is now an instrument of miracles. It can be used to create anything. It can be used to turn anything into what God wants to turn to. But to people, and probably even to Moses, it is still a staff. Because it has not changed. It did not assume a different stature or structure. It remained the same. The color did not change. It was still the staff of Moses. But it has become the staff of God. Amen? And it is the staff that is being used to perform miracles. This is the same stuff that Moses used in the wilderness, or rather even before the wilderness, to part the Red Sea. If you go to Exodus 14, we don't have time to do that. God tells him, raise the staff. And when he raised the staff, the Red Sea parted. It is the same staff 
not the staff of Moses. Remember, it has become the staff of God that he used when they needed water and he used it. He struck the rock instead of speaking to it. And water gushed out. What are we learning this morning? A question that we need to ask ourselves. What is it in our hands? What do we have? Just before we probably answer that question, John 6, verse 5 to 12, there is a story there that we can relate with. We know the story. Verse 5 to 12. When Jesus looked and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Let's continue. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages will not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Why? Because there was a crowd, or there were people to the tune of 5,000 men. And it's, for Philip, is wondering, how? Even if we are have wages for eight months. We cannot be able to. So let's not even think about feeding them. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. And he said this. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. But how far would they go among so many? It's like, look, you are asking what we have. There are five loaves. There's a boy here who has five loaves and he has two fish. That, those are the only food stuff that is here. So if you are talking of feeding people, honestly, we cannot even talk about this because it's not even enough for the disciples themselves. Probably it was just enough, and I believe it was just enough for the boy. Because what you probably consider as five loaves, they are not the 400 gram or 500 gram loaves. This could be just be small donuts that a mother cooks and packs for the boy and small tools to omenas. <laughs> or there's another smaller one. What is it called? Yeah? Kunku? whatever. <laughs> but it, what we are trying to say is this, it is not enough. It is just enough for the boy. And then let's see what happened. And Jesus said, have the people sit down. Let's, let's now hear. Let's listen to what the Lord is saying to us. Just be attentive. Look at this. Jesus tells people, have the people now sit down. When we, we was told there are five roads and there are two fish. He said, now let the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And men sat down, about 5,000 of them. 
Now, I want you to notice, on in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Jewish custom, you don't count women, you don't count children. That's why they are men. So, if there were women, and there were children, I want to believe, Paul, that there were more women and children who are following Jesus than men, if the trade we go by today's trade. So there is likelihood, at minimum, there were probably another 5,000 women, at minimum. But let's say, let's add something and say they probably were 7,000. 7, what about the children? There were more children, believe me. Maybe that may have been double. So you're talking about 15,000 extra people. You may be talking 20,000 people that were there. What happens? What do you have? This is what is available. And Jesus wants to use what is available. Let's finish the, 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 the up to verse 12. Jesus then took the loaves, half gave thanks, took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. 20,000 people distributed to them as much as they wanted. There was no limit as to how much bread and fish that you want. It is as much as you wanted, your capacity. They were distributed. He did the same with the fish. First 12. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And 12 baskets of... So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. What's the point here? Said, our message today, the Lord is asking us, what do we have? Moses had a staff. When God came in and Moses cooperated, the staff became the staff of God. And it became an instrument of miracles. Hallelujah. We are seeing us another incidence here. To the disciples, five loaves of bread and two fish couldn't feed 5,000 people. But to God, in the hands of his son, Jesus, it was more than enough. Amen? The same staff, because this is a staff also. Five loaves. To the disciples, it is nothing. And it, they are correct. But to God, our Father, when it is in the hands of Jesus, it is more than enough. This morning, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? To you, it is not 
enough. To you, it amounts to nothing. But to the Father, in the hands of his son Jesus, it is more than enough. The point is, God works with what is in your hands. Amen? He's not looking outside you to help you. He's simply asking you what is in your hands, and that's what is going to work. But many times, we look outside ourselves for help. Doubting God's ability to use that which he had placed in us. Many of us have doubted God's ability because when we look at ourselves, we think we are not equal to all we are. We, we are not what we want to be to be able to move on to empower ourselves. But God looks to us and he sees what we have he can use if we are willing to cooperate. Like Moses. The, like the disciples. All that Jesus wanted is what is available today? And the same question that he's asking. What is available it doesn't matter what you have in the eyes of the Lord it is enough and he will use it to do what he desires or what he wants you to accomplish amen so do not despise what you have it may be small it may be literal but it is enough in the eyes of the Lord and that's the faith that you need to have today. A story is there in the book, in the second Kings, chapter four, verse one to seven. You remember the woman whose father or her husband was in the company of prophets. It's there. And she goes to Elisha and tells Elisha, my husband is dead. The creditors have come. They want to sell my sons or to take them as slaves so that they can repay themselves because the husband owed them money. But pastors, just go to the next verse. A righteous pride to her how can I help you? She's gone to Elisha. She was seeking help. She is expecting Elisha probably to raise funds or to give her money to pay off the, the creditors. But Elisha is asking her, tell me what do you have in your house? 
please listen. This is a very simple message that I'm sharing this morning. But it is simple, but it's what we need to be able to come out of the pains and the troubles that we have gone through during this season of COVID where many have lost their jobs, marriages are broken, spouses have left, children are not in school because there is not enough money to take them to school. We are desperate like this woman. And we are looking to the man of God, saying, this is the situation that we are in. And the man of God would ask you, what do you have in your house? And he said, nothing there at all, except a little oil. Nothing there at all, except what? Does that sound like the way we would answer? There is nothing there at all in my house except a little oil. How much money do you have? I have nothing except 10 bob in my pocket. I have nothing except 200 shillings that are in my house. And the man of God will say, that is what we are going to use. Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars and don't ask for a few. That was the message. And then what? Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. Hardful of oil is what is there. I have nothing. But it's being told, now, borrow as many empty jars as possible and start pouring oil. When once it's filled, put it aside. And she did like that until there was no more jar to fill. I know the preacher preaches and says, she should have gone all over. What? Who tells? She went to everyone. It says, every, she went. They, she borrowed very many. But that's not the point, because even if she got only three, if that's what was available in the village, whatever was available, let me tell you, she would have lived on those, that oil, because she lived on it, she sold, she paid, yeah, her creditors. And remained with the rest. Praise God. What is in your hands? Please do not despise what you have. The little knowledge that you have is what God is going to use because that's all that you have. What God is asking you is to present it to him. Stop lamenting and complaining. Stop crying. Look at what you have. Take it to the Lord. And he's going to use it. And your situations will change. Praise the Lord. Amen. To her, that oil was nothing. But to God, it was what she needed to meet her current need. To you, 
that thing is nothing. But it's what you need to progress and to meet all your needs. Is it a skill that God has given you? That's all that you have. Whatever it is, you may be just be a painter or a carpenter. Those are the tools that you have. Stop aspiring to be an engineer. And there is nothing wrong if you can promote yourself to be an engineer. But before you become an engineer, why don't you use what you have? Present it to the Lord. It is the same thing that he is going to use to step to move you to the next level. But if you despise it, it's a tool that is available, but you're not making use of it. Are you getting the point this morning? What is in your hand? Stop despising what you have. Stop despising what you have. Do not despise small beginnings. Zechariah 4.10, that's what it says. Do not despise small beginnings. The problem with us is that we have despised our small beginnings. We've looked at ourselves. We are despising what we have, what we, what we, who we are. We think others are better than us. That's a mistake. You are unique the way you are, and God is going to use you with what you have and who you are. And what you have today is what is going to be used to make you what you want to become. Amen? So let's get to ourselves. Our help is not from outside. It is within us. The only thing we need to know is that on our own, we can do nothing. And that's why God would ask, what is it that you have? Because Moses' staff, when it, he went to God, and God spoke to him, the staff became the staff of God. Your little things, your small beginnings, what you consider to be nothing in you, and some of us even hate ourselves. When we look at our face, we think we are not beautiful. Who told you? You are not. God made you the way you are. Amen? The problem is that you have seen others that look different and you compare yourself with them. And you are unique. You are not like them. What is it that you have? It is that phase of yours that God is going to use to bring a spouse to you, irrespective of what you think it looked like or what people think you look like. You only need to go before the Lord. What is it that DCN has in their hands? I had um, Deacon Rubiri, our chairman of the development committee. We want to move, yes, to our site, to our site. But God would ask us, what is it that we have? We have only a staff. Amen? That staff in the hands of God becomes his staff. And that stuff becomes a creative 
miracle. It's an instrument for creating miracles. Let's not despise what we have. Some of you are saying, but me, my 10,000 shillings is nothing. Who told you it is nothing? If that is what you have and you are giving it with your heart, why don't you bring it? The Lord knows what to do with the 10,000 shillings. Amen? Don't despise. Bring it to the Lord. You want to start a business. You have heard of capital. Cap that name capital, forget it. Capital is anything you have. You can use it. And you can invest, invent it. There are people who have started businesses with 20 shillings. Because that's all they have, Paul. But they took it to the Lord. And genuinely said, Father, this is what is in my hand. I don't want to eat it. Would you help me multiply it? And they have used it. And they have prospered. There are others that have millions and millions, but they are languishing because they are waiting for billions to be able to move on. There are some of you with thousands of shillings in your bank account, but you're saying it is not enough to start a business. Have you taken it to the Lord? Because when you go before the Lord, he will ask you what is in your hand. And when he speaks to you, it is a staff he is able to use it to make things happen. Have you been blessed this morning? What is in your hand? Will you take it to the Lord? Stop despising yourself. Stop despising your spouse. Stop despising that child that is not doing well in school. That's all that you have. Take the child to the Lord. Let the Lord use that child. He will give you ideas of what to do. What you're despising may be the savior of that family. We all cannot be the same. We are unique, but we are staff that our father can use and convert it into his staff. And when it becomes his staff, that's all that I need. Nothing else. Amen? God bless you.